This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Hello, and with me, Cam Rassan, today we have the returns of She is the News at BFM. She is Danya Nair. Hello. I'm not the news. I make the news. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, that's, that's even less powerful. Uh, <laughs> Um, and he is, um, I was just saying to him, I always get it consistently wrong. He's a consultant, but he says he also does history stuff. I don't know what any of that means. He <laughs> is Ankar Jin. Hello. Good to be back. I imagine as a consultant, you just sort of sit there like dressed as a magician and people just ask you questions and you sort of just. And then he pulls answers out of a hat. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, pull, I pull PowerPoints out of my head. And it's like, wow, animations on the PowerPoint. Oh my God. All right. So that's that's what Ankar Jin does. And uh, so our three topics this week are, do we still need Twitter? Topic number two is, how come I cannot handle horror movies? And finally, topic number three is, when do you know you are no longer part of the it generation? So, uh, Kar Jin, Twitter, do we still need it? Yeah, I mean, I've been thinking about this lately, right? Because, you know... Um, I think in you know in 2013 and all that, the Arab Spring, like Twitter was like the it social media platform. We all thought it's going to be the town square, the public square for change, right? Um, and I think um, you know, recently with Elon Musk messing about turning Twitter into X and oh god, this horrible repost and what whatnot. Um, and then you know, um Facebook Meta coming up with its own version called Threads. It really, I think it does beg the question of, is this forum, this idea of the internet's public town square, where you have people crying out and engage randos engaging with each other all in this long forum of endless scroll, is this still relevant? And, and you know, like one of the biggest problems with um, Twitter and these kind of platforms is that um, as opposed to Instagram, which has a very curated kind of aesthetic, you know, Twitter is a platform which primarily relies on users retweeting and using retweets and engagement as a way of choosing which content rises to the top and which sinks to the bottom. But as with anything that relies on mass kind of engagement, um, I think very much we've seen that the most engagement goes to the most outrageous, the most sensationalist, and sometimes the the most like just loud people in the room, right? So mm. I think it 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 begs the question of in this era of the internet where things like Reddit and Discord, where you have your niche communities which talk among the community and provide these discussion spaces, do we still need the public town square? And is it good for society? Is it good for democracy? Yeah, well, Danya, you are the news, and I, I'm going to guess you use Twitter. I do use Twitter, but I, I hate using it outside of work. Because right now, to me, Twitter has always been annoying, to say the least. <laughs> Just because, like Hajin said, it is a lot of the loudest people with always the most sort of angry voices get the platform, or you, or you, that's all you seem to see when you're on Twitter. And and now that since it's become X, I feel like it's more and more. And because we do tweet news stories on our BFM news website, if anyone wants to check out our page, um, you you do see that a lot of the response always comes towards stories that evoke anger and 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 things like that. So, I 
I don't know. I, I feel like it is sort of dying out. I feel like at some point it is going to become extinct. I think people are just going to jump back onto like Discord or something because if you're going to be able, if you're going to talk to people and it was like strangers, you'd want to talk to people who are, you know, in your bubble, so to speak. We already see content based on what's in our bubble. So it doesn't seem too far-fetched to think that we're going to search for people with the same sort of thoughts and, and likeness as opposed to just sort of being thrown in a random sort of space and seeing, you know, things you don't want to see pop up. Um, yeah, and I'm I'm going to ask for advice from the two of you in a moment, but I, I am a Twitter user. Um, I don't say anything because I really don't have anything to say, but I, I scroll it like, oh God, endlessly. And mm. I it has become a stinking pile of poo. Um, and so you're saying, you know, it's dying out. It's not really dying out. It's being shot in the back of the head it's a, it's a deliberate <laughs> it's a deliberate murder and i'm wondering if the two of you you've mentioned threads Kajin, and you mentioned mm -hmm. discord i mean is there a place that i can go to you're saying okay do we still need this um this public space yes we do is the answer <laughs> and where where is the alternative and what do they do that's different from uh twitter so uh, Kajin, what is what, threads what's what's going on there Right. So I think simply put, uh, so, so Meta, i.e. Facebook, came out with threads and, you know, it's a big deal. Everyone signed up for it. But I think it, it's since kind of like the hype has died down a little bit and people are realizing, oh, it's quite different from Twitter in many senses. So I think the main difference is that where Twitter, the, the way they promote content is really based on engagement, you know, retweets and everything and see where the most conversations are happening and they surface those that, that content up to the top, uh, what Meta is trying to do with Threads is try to kind of moderate everything, use algorithms to so that they don't promote the most kind of outrageous content. But I think it also lends itself to feeling a bit inauthentic in some senses. And people are very concerned about if you're not going to, if your guiding principle for what content rises to the top isn't going to be like what people engage with, but it's instead going to be this black box of, some unknown algorithm that chooses what goes up and what goes down. Is it really a public square? Right. right. And and Danya, I know you hate you hate doing it in your own private time, but <laughs> but in terms of news, I mean, then that's a that's a problem. Then you, you for for you to understand what is a priority, what is a news story, what's what's really happening. Yeah, with with, with threads, especially, we are sort of still. Threading cautiously. <laughs> ah, I see what you did there. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, because because it is different to Twitter. Because Twitter, at least, because we've had it for so long, we, we sort of have an understanding of, of the algorithm, at least, or at least before it sort of changed. But at least we have some kind of understanding there. Um, and with threads, it's a, it's a bit difficult because it's so new. And because, you know, everyone got excited and jumped in, like, on threads like the first day it opened and later on they all left like half of them left already so we're still sort of figuring out if it's worth staying on there twitter so twitter still has some relevancy for now mm. but i i don't know threads you mean x answer. right no. sorry x oh i hate it so much i hate it i hate calling it x i'm gonna yeah. x now what does that even mean it's so stupid it's, it's so, so stupid. it's so like oh it's just so stupid but <laughs> Well, let, let's answer, let's answer Gajin's original question. Do do we need this uh, space? I get well. We never had this space before. We didn't know if we needed it then. Um, and I I guess the way that I've been using Twitter is it's kind of I have two two accounts. One is actually set up to uh, follow cycling news, <laughs> oh. um, the sport of cycling. But that's also devolved now to include uh, British news. 
I mean, I still want to keep up with what's happening in Britain. So it's just like, oh my God, Brexit. Oh my God. And then um, the other one is Malaysian. Uh, mm. It's my account, entirely Malaysian. But as the time's gone by, it's become, I've, I've also included American stuff to see what's happening with Donald Trump. So I'm able to sort of, I feel like I'm able to keep tabs with these things. Um, mm. And that is global. But I would be very happy, I guess, with something which is purely local. Um, and that's kind of what we had before, but that was just newspapers and texting each other. And I don't know, I, I, I would miss that sense of engagement without actually having to do anything. So do we still need it? Yeah, the need was there. It's just Elon Musk decided to kill it. I mean, I mean Danya, do, we, do you think we need it? I mean, I, I do. I, I kind of like, I like the idea in theory of having a space where everyone can just come there and, you know, say their thoughts on anything they want to. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think, I think, can we start like a Malaysian, is the name Twitter now usable? Can we take the name Twitter? <laughs> can we use it and start our own Malaysian Twitter? Like since it's X now, can we do that? Because I, I bet you he didn't copyright it. I bet you he didn't. <laughs> That's the kind of thing he would do. <laughs> no, but, but I think we do. Because I think, like I said, because we are so often in bubbles in everything we do, it's nice to have a space, even if you do kind of see the content you want to see, but at least you know that the space is there for you to explore. Um, as opposed like like if we went on Discord and it was just a community that I went in because I knew, all right, this is what we're going to talk about. Like uh, we're going to talk about anime and that's what we're going to talk about here and it's all going to be fun and nice. But at least I know there's a space where there are people talking about different types of things. Mm. They have different mm. thoughts and it's different than mine. That it might, I might not agree with them, but at least there's diversity there, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. so and I, suddenly, I feel like we definitely need it. Yeah. Yeah. And then suddenly there are kittens. Um, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. well, Kajin, answer, answer your own question. I mean, you're the, you're the I consultant. Mean, well, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I agree with you in the sense that exposure is important and being in a public space where you see different thoughts is important. But I think it also uh, makes me question like, what is the kind of engagement that we actually have on Twitter, right? Because whenever we're exposed to a quote-unquote opposing opinion or different opinion on Twitter, usually the response is, let's go on the crucifixion campaign on this person. You know, all they, this person is so insensitive and they're definitely from the Bukit Damansara bubble. How dare they tweet about the B40, right? And then, you know, then everybody else from Bangsa starts uh, piling onto this guy who's class insensitive. And I'm like, hmm, is this the kind of engagement that is really beneficial, right? Uh, is this, like, if, if we must um, kind of have these forums for exploring different opinions and different walks of life, is this... Um, because ultimately, it's also about how the platforms are structured in a way that, you know, outrage and these kind of uh, like, oh my God, this person is so stupid uh, kind of things is what really trends on Twitter. And I mean, don't get me wrong. I enjoy like talking about these things as well. I was like, oh my God, do you see this tweet? It's so terrible. Like, right. Mm. That's So I don't know. I don't know if that's a good thing. And I don't know if there's a way to have a public square without that component. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, don't worry, Kajin. It'll be killed soon. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, yeah, that bird will be nailed to that X cross and that'll be that. Um, okay. Well, let's move on. Move on to topic number two, which is, um, okay, is it just me? But I really can't take horror movies. And, and I'm wondering if this is a sure sign that I'm getting older. Because I um I never was never really a big fan of horror movies, but back in the day I watched the classics, The Thing, Alien, 
uh, whatever else there was. So I, it, it's kind of there in my memory bank. But um, I looked at the demographics of uh, viewership for horror movies at the cinema in the US. I couldn't find it for anywhere else. And it is um, uh, most the, the biggest group of Gen Z who go and see horror movies. They're also the um, people who will watch it again. And that's, that is the filmmakers, film producers, holy grail, <laughs> finding people who will go again. Surprisingly also, it's, um, it's, it's often, well, it's not often, it is um, very popular with uh, my, ethnic minorities in America, African-Americans, Hispanics, Asians, I mean, well beyond the, beyond the proportion of, of what they are in, in society as a whole. But I, I want to concentrate on the young. It would imply, unless Gen Z is a brand new species of human being, and they're not, that therefore, as people get older, it drops off the interest in the horror movie. Mm. And I, I cannot take tension. I can't take as I get every, with every day. <laughs> I'm going through Netflix. Say and it's like, no, I think that movie's got some tension in it. I can't take it. Netflix has the beautiful advantage of being able to. You can fast forward and still see the image. You know, it's like, okay, that scene's over. Next few. Um, but I, I I don't know. It's like, um, am I being a wuss? Am I typical, perhaps, of uh, human society as a whole? Or let's uh, let's consult the consultant first, Kajin. Are you are you able do you, I kind of think you probably are, aren't you? Like a horror movie person, aren't you? Um well, I I am not a big fan of jump scares, but I I like psychological horror, like like the thing, right? Like the thing, Alien, um, Predator, stuff like that. I think it's all good, and I, I love Jordan Peele's movies. Yeah, um, I, I haven't been able to watch them. Ah, I, I, oh no, you know, those are take so it. good. I know. Go ahead, I, can do it. <laughs> a, a, a quiet place, you know that 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 is. Oh, really can't, cannot, cannot. Oh no. <laughs> uh, but, oh, I mean. <laughs> I mean, I, I think some of the best filmmaking is in these genres. And I think, I mean, uh, alluding to what you talked about a bit earlier about ethnic minorities going to watch horror more so, I, I think there's reason for that because um, I think very often um, we like people will find that it's in horror where people can, there's a lot of transgressive horror, there's a lot of more experimental horror. People can afford to be a little bit out there, like, you know, with Jordan Peele's movies or A Quiet Place or uh, take concepts and go with it. So it's a place of experimentation. And I think that for me is why I continue to watch horror. Although I I, I have to have someone next to me and I need to be holding on to like a pillow and be like, I, I'm like yeah. half looking at the screen, but I still appreciate that okay. that's where stuff happens, right? Okay. Danya? Oh, I'm a horror person. Oh no, serious. <laughs> wow. I love really? horror. I I'm always on a constant search to be scared by a movie. Oh my. Yeah. Because it's been a long time since I've been scared by a movie. Oh. Um I, I feel like I was like in like 10, 11, 12 was the last time I was properly scared. I don't get scared very easily. Um, oh wow. Wait, yeah. what, what was the, the last movie that scared you? Uh, it's not a very good movie because I've watched it again since uh, and I was young. I think it was like the original poltergeist that I watched. Oh my um, God. And it's the They're scene where here. you come, Yeah, and then when they come out of the TV, like that yeah. part like scared me like really bad when I was a kid. But ever since then, I've not really been scared. Like even jump scares aren't like... Because I know... I guess also because we're used to it and I've seen so many horror movies. I'm so used to like, oh yeah, there's a jump scare coming right now. Like I, I'm used to it. 
Um, but I don't think it might be an age thing. But for me, it, I don't get that feeling. I understand how you feel, Cam. But I get that feeling if I'm watching a movie and there's like a fight scene. If like, mm-hmm. like for example, it's like a boyfriend and a girlfriend and they're fighting. I can't take the emotional turmoil of it. Uh, yeah, mm. I can't do that. But I can do horrors because in my head, the horror film, um, it's meant to scare you and it very likely will end in a bad ending. So I'm always prepared for it. I don't fear a bad ending. I come in thinking there's going to be a bad ending. If the people in the movie survive, that's great. But otherwise, like I go in thinking they're going to die. I have a question. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Are you a roller coaster person? Yes. <laughs> mm. I, I have oh, a sorry. theory. Oh, what do you that... mean by that? What do you mean by roller coaster person? What do you mean? Yeah, like like no, as in like, do you like roller coasters? Because oh, right. like okay. if we follow your theory that basically like as people get older, they they don't want to watch horror. Then I think it's it's this, it's very similar for like roller coasters. You know, when you're young, you're like, oh my god, roller coasters. And as you get older, you're like, nah, I don't die of a heart attack. Like. 15 yeah. feet up the air like spinning around right <laughs> so it, it, I think then it means that horror movies are in a way like roller coasters but like right yeah but what yeah, but, yeah. but can I also then ask Dan yeah so uh, you said that you hadn't been properly scared since you were 10 but but that was kind of like I'm gonna guess like a safe scare mm-hmm. in that you know you were still in the bosom of the family and you you felt safe yeah. Um, it wasn't like a, a home in, an actual home invasion and, and you know, it's like, you know, it wasn't like that kind of scare. It was it was a safe scare. Yeah. So in a way, perhaps the memory is of the safety as opposed to that's like, oh fear, but no, I'm I'm safe. Maybe. I don't know. But 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 I'm the type of person if I watch a horror film, I have to do a thing where I have to turn off all the lights kind of thing. Oh no. Yeah. Oh, you really encourage it then. You encourage yes. the You're gonna encourage oh. the fear. Like oh what's the God. point of watching a horror film if you don't get scared or you don't get taken in by the tension? Because it's funny because it said you know the boyfriend girlfriend arguing thing you can't take because I for can't me, take that, yeah. Yeah I can you see because maybe because I'm older than you so it's like oh yeah been there. Okay. Yeah 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 <laughs> I, I've heard that one. Or I'm taking notes it's like oh yeah that'll be useful. <laughs> 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 Um, I don't know, and but I think the horror movies are like dreams. The dreams are completely nonsense, but a dream or even a nightmare is is I think uh, an opportunity for your brain to test drive terrible things that might happen. Because the horror movie is always like, I know, let's split up, and you're going, don't do that, that's stupid. But <laughs> yeah. you're you're also asking yourself, what would I do? What would I do? Mm. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. Or you see what happens, you go, okay, I'm not going to do that one. Um. So it's like it's like a, a nightmare, but you also have sleep paralysis in, in that you're in the audience. You can't actually go and help. Mm. So it's uh I don't know. But Danya, you haven't had any drop off at all in your horror so addiction. Far, so far, no. So far, no. Um, but we'll I guess we'll see in, in the next few years whether that changes or not. But because yeah. because I have heard if we're doing the whole equating like roller coasters and horror movie thing, I have had like older cousins who like me loved roller coasters, but nowadays like they find it like they're they're afraid to go on roller coasters. So mm. if we're doing that logic, then maybe in a few years, like yeah, everything's gonna I'm gonna be like, nope, can't do horror movies anymore, like never again, kind of thing. And Kajin, you you no no drop off. I mean, you mentioned Jordan Peele. I mean, that's a different kind of sophisticated sort of uh horror, isn't it? That's a is that really a horror? Yeah, I, I guess it's like a psychological thriller slash... I mean, I would say it's horror, but... Um, Is it a jump scare, kind of? There are... There's a little little bit, but it's not like the kind of... 
I, I guess the comparison would be, you know, it's it's not a roller coaster ride, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's not like they, they didn't design the whole movie to get your heart pumping. Okay. Well, before we before we stop, then I'm gonna ask uh uh Kajin, name your top horror movie. Um Get Out by Jordan Peele. Whoa, okay, which I would never see, but anyway. <laughs> you should really watch it. Uh, I think it's um, excellent. It's really good. Okay, I'll try. Uh Danya? Uh, he already took Get Out. I don't know what else to say. Oh, you can take it Coraline, out. I can take Get Out, but I would also it's it's a kids movie. But Coraline is a good horror movie if you're if you're uh, scared of like you know real of like, of like you know a live action kind of horror. Coraline's a good one to dip your toes in. Okay. Beautiful movie. Yeah. Have you watched Coraline? I no, I I don't even know. I'm not even heard. It's it's very Tim Burton stop yeah, motion yeah. animation kind of thing. Oh, and it is Tim Burton. Um. No, no, no. It's, it's based on the Neil Gaiman book. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, if it is Tim Burton, then it it is probably still running. I mean, as in his movies never end. <laughs> um. Okay. Well, then my one is from back in the day. Would be the thing. Uh. Uh. You've seen the thing, haven't you, Danya? Yes. 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 Long time ago. And it's, it's like oh, whatever, is it? <laughs> Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Oh, all right. All right. Stop now. We're going to take a break. <laughs> I'll just recover. Um, and in a moment, we come back and we ask, are you part of the It crowd here on A Bit of Culture, BFM 89.9? And we're back with myself and uh, Onkar Jin and Danya Naya. And now, Danya, um, when do you know when you're no longer part of the It generation? Yeah, I, I was, <laughs> I mean... I've been thinking about this for a while now, and and I I think it sort of happened because, um, Jen, I was like sort of scrolling through TikTok and Instagram, and there's um, a video of a few Gen Zers sort of going, oh my god, like Gen Alpha, which is the Gen after Gen Z, made a meme, and I don't understand it anymore. Does that mean I'm old now? And it's not mm-hmm. just a me of like that that period you go through in your life where everything seems to be geared towards you, like. Everything that comes out, everything that's marketed is for you. Everything, you know, clothes, toys, movies, whatever it is, it's for you. And everything on the internet is like, the lingo you use comes from your generation and you have to explain it to your parents and things like that. And there comes a moment where you realize it's it's not, like, we're not it anymore. We're we're the old ones and people make fun of fun of us. And <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, how do you move? It's like that Simpsons meme where like they go like, you know, I used to be in with it and like one day you you will feel like that way too, like where you won't longer be with it anymore. I don't know. I'm I'm butchering the meme, but whatever. Um so I'm wondering like how do you make that transition? Is it just like as you get older you don't care anymore? So it doesn't matter anymore? It annoys me the most when I'm registering for something online and they ask you to put your the date of your year, like the birth, your, and then you have to scroll all the way down to get to your year. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's not that big of a scroll yet, but each time it gets longer and longer and I'm getting annoyed. <laughs> Cam <laughs> looks exceedingly pleased. I'm sure it is. Yeah. No, I don't well, know. I, like how, well, how do you you know you're in and then one day you're in and then one day you're out you're not prepared for it how do you just move on well I, I, I don't know what you're talking about Danya because I'm always hip and groovy <laughs> and it hasn't happened to me yet so let's ask Kajin <laughs> no I mean um I mean I, I think I I told 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 you this camp um like a uh, the last time I was on the show but an intern referred to me as oh someone born in the 1900s <laughs> you know I, I still oh, think no. about it all the time right so 
So and 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 um and and I think it, 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 what you're talking about is absolutely right, right, Dania. Mm-hmm. Where like now it's Gen Alpha, and you you see like Gen Z kind of panicking over like the the, the memes and. And you also realize, I think more crucially, it's like I have downloaded t- TikTok, right? I have downloaded TikTok and I'm on TikTok in an attempt to stay up to date. But mm. then I realized then that someone told me like, oh, you, you're giving off that energy of like your uncle who goes on Facebook to stay hip. And then he <laughs> ends up turning Facebook into a boomer app. And then I'm like, oh God, oh no. Yeah, the cycle. <laughs> yeah, and then you find you have to have a nap. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, no, I nap, naps are good. <laughs> yeah, I well, I would say, uh, Danya, that um, well, obviously, welcome. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Uh, no, but actually, uh, theoretically, you are which generation? You're a millennial. I am millennial. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, they didn't even they didn't even invent names for my one. Um, <laughs> there, there are not enough Greek alphabet letters. Uh, I would say that uh, you know it, it really does occupy my mind, and it's fascinating for me because yes, it was once upon a time. You know, I, I entered, I came of age, and it was like it was all there for me, and it's uh, it's sort of fascinating to see the the totems of my age, things which I thought were absolutely dependable. Um, you know, rock music, say, uh, would be there forever, but then they're gone. They're gone, <laughs> and uh, and it's it's it then makes me actually understand, um, my parents' generation better. Uh, you know, people who when they saw Elvis Presley for the first time was like, "That's disgusting," and <clears throat> and uh, and and that, that's that's good. So. I've kind of come to terms with it and I'm not, not like, unlike Kajin, I'm not like, you know, desperately on TikTok. (laughs) (laughs) Rollerblading. Uh, (laughs) You know, Um, no, I've accepted it, but also I actually decided a long time ago that um, when I was really quite young, that I would actually try to uh, be older than I actually am. And and that was just a twofold thing. One was to swear a lot less and listen to more classical music. So I thought, you know, Yeah. Um, so what we should do now should should we stop swearing as much and listening to classical music? Well, I don't know, uh, Daniel. I think each of us have to face our midlife crises uh, in our own particular way. And <laughs> really I'll start it's... listening to the Beatles more. Uh, well, that's always a good thing. You should always listen to the Beatles. <laughs> Absolutely. So, Daniel, I mean, you are you being ironic here, though? I mean, is this for real? I mean, I'm not really panicking about it. It's more of a. It's not like I'm like, oh my god, I'm old or anything, because I I'm not afraid of aging but i think that's that that kind of thinking for a long time where you think you're going to be young forever um and then it suddenly hits you like oh wait no like we're going on this train ride and and it's not stopping um and i i see it often among my like people my age as well um who always post things like i want to apologize to the 30 year old woman i called old when i was young Like, (laughs) like those kind of things you know um so I, I guess it's sort of realizing like, oh no, we're at the point, like in my twenties, I could say like I was an adult with quote marks for people who can't see me on radio. Um, you know, but but now I have to say like I'm I'm sort of trying to figure out adulthood in my in my thirties as opposed to my twenties, but I could sort of escape it as being like a pseudo teenager almost. Um, you know, so so I think it's sort of coming to terms with that. I'm not upset about it. It's just more of 
and, and then I'm upset about having to learn a different lingo with the new generations that come. Like I, I mm. felt like I just got through learning like the slangs of Gen Z and now Gen Alpha are coming up and I'm like, I didn't even know these people. I thought they were kids still. Like, why do I have to <laughs> learn like something else, you know? Mm. Uh, in, in an attempt to stay, well, not relevant, but to understand people who are coming up in the world. Yeah. Well, I mean, so like Taylor Swift is like an old woman to them. I guess. It, and to me, she's like, she's like always 22. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She had an album called that, didn't she? Yeah. Yes, I know. Ah, see. I know. I was very, very scared there. That I got <laughs> um, Kajin, you, uh, uh, how's your midlife crisis coming along then? Um, well, I think it, it's interesting because uh, I think, I'm sure, Dania, you're experiencing this, that I, 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 I not that I'm not happy for my friends, but I swear if I get another wedding invitation or baby shower invitation, I'm going to flip the table. <laughs> I completely <laughs> like, understand. <laughs> yeah. But but I think um, like that mark of like when you're going into boring them is like when the, the primary topic shifts from, hey, what music did you listen to? To suddenly like, hey, what ki- kindergarten slash property should I buy uh, for my kids, you know? And I'm like, oh, God. Well, but Ka- Ka- I don't Ka- want to go there. Kajin, do you have kids? No, 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 no. So the three of us don't have children. And I don't think that there's never a, a mark that says, you know, you have passed into adulthood. But perhaps having a child is that mark. I mean, it, and and then... Doesn't matter what Taylor Swift is up to anymore. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know, Cam. Like my mark of adulthood is going to the grocery store, getting chocolate, and then telling myself, "You know what? This is too expensive. I'll put it back." That was my mm-hmm. mark of adulthood. Mm-hmm. Kit Kat okay. instead of Lindt chocolate today. <laughs> <laughs> well, I if I look back when I you asked the question at the beginning, Dan, yeah, I remember a time in the '90s when I heard some music that I really liked, and I didn't know what it was. And that made me so angry. Oh, really? And, yeah, because I had to, it it hadn't just sort of appeared to me through my usual channels of music information finding. And mm. someone else had found it and was playing it to me. And it's like, how, and I was so angry that I, I was <laughs> no longer in the correct channels to be able to know, mm. to know these things naturally. And then a, a few years later, I'd be hearing music. It's like, I don't like that. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah but I, I don't know i mean i think with with the internet and how kind of fragmented internet communities are like I, I guess it's so much more accessible where you know it used to be that the way you learn about new music is whatever's playing on the radio right i mean now like you and i we we can just look up at oh what are on the charts for Spotify, right? And what are young people below this age group listening to? And you can listen to the very same music and you can be, you can, you can curate your algorithm to be immersed in Gen Alpha. <laughs> Not that you yeah, but would you want to, but you, you won't could. feel it. You won't feel it. You may know yeah. that these are the things I listen to, but it won't mean anything. <clears throat> to yeah, it won't. Like, this wasn't for me. This was for these other people who I don't mm-hmm. think are as important. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh. oh my, oh my, oh my. I, get to be, I, I get to be the main character of my own life, Cam. Oh, this is music to my ears. Uh, <laughs> I'm yeah, going to be, you're, I'm gonna you're, be that you're a little bit too gleeful here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to grow up to be a bitter old woman with love cats and dogs. That's my, that's my plan right now, the way it's going. 
Excellent. Um, <laughs> well, as I say, welcome. And uh, <laughs> this is fantastic. So, I mean, and, and of course, you know, one day these Gen Alpha people will 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 find the hologram version of this show and will listen to it. And they themselves will be like, yeah, yeah, I get what they're saying now. Um, so, uh, well, uh, we move on. Good luck with that, by the way, Danya. Thank you. Um, less important than you. I love it. <laughs> and uh, we come now to recommendations. Um, recommending something that we think might be of interest. And uh, the chances are we are older than you, so you have to listen. Hey, Danya? Yeah. And because <laughs> we're right and you're wrong. And uh, and I will go to Tajin first. Your recommendation. Oh, okay. So the book that I want to recommend, it's a book. It's called uh, The Chip Wall. Okay, and you, can't, you can't really see it on the screen. but yeah, and um, You certainly can't see it on radio. Yeah. So it's called <laughs> The Chip Wall. The Fight for the World's Most Critical Technology by Chris Miller. And basically what it is, it is a book about the semiconductor conflict between the United States and China. And I think it basically makes the argument that microchips are basically the new oil, so to speak. Like the, the next world conflict will be over microchips, not over oil reserves. Um, and it's also it's a, it's a wonderful, wonderfully written book. It is not dry at all. It's it's written almost like a kind of spy thriller. Um, there's a lot of very interesting political characters. There's a lot of history that starts in the 1980s and as to why you know like Taiwan is today's world's the the, the most most important semiconductor manufacturing. There are snippets about Malaysia and, and Vietnam and why we are also important in this global kind of landscape. So I think it's it's really important because one, it, it's it's fascinating. Two, I feel like this is going to really shape up um a lot of things that are going to be happening in the next 10 years. Mm. Um, even for mm. here us here in Malaysia. I mean, I, I've not heard of this book, but I've certainly heard of the conversations around the the idea mm -hmm. of how important. Um, the thing is, cannot can anybody just make microchips? I mean, it's just or semiconductors. I mean, it's just you know, here's the blueprint. Um, <clears throat> you know, cobble it together, isn't it? What's, yeah. Why, well, why would Taiwan? Maybe they like doing it. I don't know. But someone Chile yeah. could do it, couldn't they? It, it's um, it, it's um. It's a very, very uh, complicated, complex process, but basically um, there is only really a few um, facilities in the entire world which can produce uh, the most advanced chips at the levels that are, um, at the, the kind of hygiene levels, at the kind of um, sanitary levels and the kind of precision um, and that technology and that those supply chains are super guarded. So it's it's a very, it's an industry with huge barriers to entry, lots of monopolies, lots of patterns, and lots of very closely guarded supply chains. So it's really difficult to just start your own semiconductor manufacturing, especially if you're going to do the most advanced chips. Uh, but if you're going to read just one book, this is the book to read. Okay, if you're going to read one yeah. book about semiconductors, which is it's uh, called not the top of my list, Gajin, but uh, then I should <laughs> it, read it's, it. It's a fascinating, it's, it's more than about chips. It's about oh. geopolitics. It's about kind of like the fickleness of certain facets of history, how something just turns on his dime just because of one person. 
you know, like it's it's a history book, really. Yeah. yeah. Um, have you have you read Daniel Jurgen's uh, book on oil? Uh, yes. Uh, yes. Actually, is, is that's like a that? really good comparison. Yeah. Right. I think it's a little bit more granular and a bit more technical than that, but I think it, it is in that vein. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Then. That's, all, that's all you had to say, Kaja. Yes. <laughs> the Chip War by Chris Miller. <laughs> okay. Cool. Um, okay. Now, my recommendation is uh, a bookshelf. A bookshelf. A bookshop. Um, it's in Damansara Kim in oh. Hale, and it's called Sunda Shelves. And um, the 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 Sunda shelf is um, it's a it's a shelf it's a plateau underwater uh, that Malaysia and Java and everything sits on. Um, and during the last ice age, it was dry land, and it's it's called the Sunda shelf. So they played on the word Sunda shelves, and it's a bookshop, and they they have a kind of uh, Malaysian um, direction. There's a lot of Malaysian books, but also uh, ecological and environmental books. And they have a cafe. And um, it's a nice little bookshop. Went there the other day. They had a copy of my book, uh, which I signed. So if you dash over there, you might be able to get it. Um, but even if you, you fail to, don't worry. We're going to be re-releasing it very soon. <laughs> and um, But it's a nice shop. And there are a number of small independent shops, uh, bookshops around the Klang Valley. And and, I, and my recommendation would try any all of them. And they all have a slightly different angle. And uh, and as I say, uh, Sunda Shelves has this uh, ecological angle, and I do believe that their curry puffs are supposed to be quite good. They were not Ooh. for sale when I was there. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, do check it out. Sunda Shelves in Damansara Kim. Yes, and buy buy a curry puff and buy confessions of an old boy. Of an, of an old boy, yes. Uh, well, <laughs> there's only one copy there for now, so yeah. I signed it, though. Um, so, uh, Dania, what's your recommendation? Um, I'm going to recommend a movie. I can't remember what year it came out. Um, but it's My Fair Lady starring Audrey Hepburn. 1964. Wow. I can tell you it's 1964. 1964. Damn. Um, I'm recommending, I mean, um, obviously it didn't came, come out when I was born, but it was, um, but I love this movie. I used to watch it a lot when I was younger. For some reason, my parents thought that this is this is the movie for five-year-olds and, you know, I don't know. Mm. Um, but yeah, but I used to be obsessed with this movie and I haven't seen it for ages and ages. And I think it came out on Netflix and um, yeah, I just really like fell in love with it all over again. And I don't know, it has that, that charm of like old old school sort of movies. Like, um, and I, I'm a sucker for like any film that's like about English and like the language and like, you know, just British actors. I mean, Audrey Hepburn obviously wasn't, but but it's a really good movie. It's basically about a, a guy who, you know, takes in a, a a girl from the street who whose English isn't very good, and um, he makes a bet that he can make her sound like a princess or a queen. I can't remember what a it duchess. was. A duchess. A duchess. Yes. At the embassy yeah. ball. Yes, at the embassy mm. ball. So it's really, really good, and the songs are really great. You'll be singing them after watching it. It's a musical. Um, but you love it, even if you're not a musical person. It's still great. I would recommend it. It's on Netflix right now. It's one of my favorite films too. And uh, but can I ask you though, Daniel? Because I actually did watch it again recently when it was on Netflix. Mm. And one, I thought, I mean, I, I always loved the film. The 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 costume design alone is mm-hmm. amazing. Yep. But um, I found I I was a bit surprised. It's like well, it's a bit slow. Hurry up. Um, <laughs> but also, what Ask about <laughs> uh, no tension, no problem, <laughs> and <laughs> and, uh, and or if there was tension, it's done through song. That's and, true. Um, the misogyny 
of Professor Higgins. Yeah, I mean, you. you I mean, it really is. It's like it, it really, really full on. <laughs> Honestly, it's like when he's like, "Fetch my slippers," and like, yeah, yeah. It, it's. Uh... Yeah. I, I mean, I remember watching that. You just mentioned spoiler alert. That's the final line. Yes, yes. And when you when I saw it back in the day, it was so charming. Fetch my slippers, Eliza. But when you watch it now, you think, "Get them yourself." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't, as a kid, I didn't get it. But when I watched it, again, I'm like, yeah, this is probably not the best movie for trying to push like a feminism kind of narrative. It's not the best one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, kind of, I you know, for nostalgia's sake, I kind of pushed past it. But it's probably, yeah. Don't yeah. go in thinking that, you know, just 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 kind of ignore that part when you're watching yeah. it. It's funny because it, it's based on a play by George Bernard Shaw, uh, Pygmalion. Pygmalion, yeah. And um, in the play, the, 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 feminism dare i say or at least the um uh i don't know the 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 agency of the female character is actually more important mm. and and it's kind of taken away a bit in the in the movie mm. in the musical but audrey hepburn kind of puts it back in Mm-mm-mm. um it's a great film my fair lady yeah yeah oh okay <laughs> that's not a horror film at all it's not i i wanted to give you a movie without tension that's why yes yes <laughs> Um, okay. Uh, so, uh, well, that brings us to the end of this week's show. And only remains me now to thank our top consultant, Onkar Jin. Thank you very much. And uh, Danya Naya, good luck with that midlife crisis. Thank you. And I will still give you the news, even though I'm going through my crisis. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so, Jen Alpha is what age now? Uh, anyone born to 2010s onwards, I'm pretty sure. I've got shirts that are older than that. <laughs> That's not possible. They can speak. Apparently <laughs> so. Oh dear. I refuse to believe this. But what I, You're I, alienating your potential audience. <laughs> no, they're wonderful people. And uh, unlike Danya and I, I get you. I get you. <laughs> okay. Listen to more Beatles. And uh, so that brings us to the end. Thank you very much. And see you next time here on A Bit of Culture on BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.